Maybe, maybe John the Revelator saw this crowd this morning when he asked, who are these that, have, that are arrayed in white robes? That's the robes we're arrayed in. That's what we're singing about when we're saying we've taken off the old robe and put on the new. That old filthy robe of sin that had us bound down and dragging us down. God came in and released us from that. Clothed us with a robe of righteousness. And that's what John saw way back then. He saw this crowd today that are robed in white robes. They've, They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And I thank the Lord for it. Almost time to eat, looks like. But I'm. I'm glad for the Spirit of God. I'm glad for the availability. There's no shortage of that. Everybody can have it. And I thought that Brother Darcy's song this morning was very fitting for a few verses I'd like to read to you. When you. When you talk about humbling yourselves before the Lord, that's what God is pleased with. And humbling ourselves before each other, that's what God is pleased with. And uh, when you really begin to search the Scriptures, you find that God always wanted His people to be humble. There never was a time that He wanted uh, arrogance or, or fame or... Renowned for his people never was a time. Uh, Would you give me some water? Throw this up. In the fourth chapter of Malachi, it says, "Behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day cometh that shall." shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Malachi prophesying of a time that would come that God would humble people. He would bring the high places down. He would lift the low places up. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Now, when we talk about The prophecies that went before, we have many. Many prophecies that went before the coming of the Lord. Malachi was one of the last to prophesy. And after his prophecies, they went through a period of several hundred years that they didn't hear a voice from a prophet. They never heard a word from a seer. There was nobody instructing them in the way of the Lord. It was like it was in Samuel's day. There was no open vision. The word of God was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And the people that God had put there to be over his people, the Jews, the priests, the Levites, the Pharisees, they had missed their path. They had lost their way. They had taken the law of Moses, and they had taken the commandments of the Lord, and they had lost the intent. They had lost the scope of what God was trying to do with his people. And they took those things and they began to insulate themselves and wrap themselves up real good and tight. And they began to cut people off and push people aside. And they took poor people that were maimed and crippled and they cast them aside. And the lepers of the day, they cast them aside. And they wouldn't talk to 
them and they wouldn't have nothing to do with them because they were unclean and they went about their priestly tasks in the temple perfecting the service of God as far as the letter was concerned. But the letter killeth and the spirit giveth life. The law was not the only thing they had in those days. They also had the prophets. The law and the prophets were until John. And that, that takes works and faith. Faith and works is comprised in that concept of, of the law and the prophets. Right. Thank but they went about their tasks going, moving on, uh, trying to make it appear as though they were ministering to people when they were really ministering to themselves. And on and on it went for several hundred years. Now, yeah. if you can imagine what kind of a shape people would get in yeah. without any word from the Lord for that long, yeah. missed the path, didn't have the Spirit of God inside like we have today. Looking down, not looking up, looking down into the law, trying to find their way, and they had completely lost their way. And, and during this time, the God of heaven chose this time as the fullness of time. I don't know why. I don't know why this time ahead of any others. But this is the time that he chose as the fullness of time to bring forth his son into the world. And this was the conditions. Life was slow. They didn't have things like we have today. The ladies went down to the well many, probably every day to draw water and bring it back to their house. They washed their clothes in the river. It was, it was uh, they didn't have much to live for. They didn't have much to look to. The people that should have been imparting to them some of the prophecies and some of the word of God wasn't doing it. No. The priests were not doing it. No. The Levites were not doing it. No. And many of them were cast aside. They were classed as sinners and publicans. And the rift became great between these priests that thought they were the elect of God and those vile sinner people that was the populace of that day. And that was the conditions in which our Savior came. That's what he found when he came here. People are no different today than they were then. People still take the word of God and insulate themselves with it. They still take the word of God and justify themselves yeah, with it and try to build themselves up in, in their own mind and in the eyes of the Lord. But God is looking to him that hath an humble heart and a contrite spirit. And in these days, during this time, there came a man out of the wilderness of Judea, clothed with a camel's hair about his loins and a rough man eating locusts and wild honey crying out and saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, Repent. Repent. The priests were not saying repent. The Levites were not saying repent. But John the Baptist came out of the wilderness in those days and preached to the people. And they listened. And they listened. They They was glad to hear somebody. They'd have been glad to hear anybody. They were pushed aside. They were cast aside. They were counted unworthy. They were unclean. They were not worthy. And John the Baptist came along in those days preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And the people began to come out and listen to him. And the crowds got so big, the crowds got so large... 
that finally the old Pharisees and the priests, they come out. Yeah. They wanted to see what this was all about yeah. that John the Baptist was teaching. Yeah. And, and the scripture says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Yeah. Every valley shall be filled, yeah. and every... And every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. It was very irregular in that day. There were people that were too high, and there were people that were too low. But Jesus came to bring equality. He came to put everybody on a level. And God knows how to bring me down and you down. The Lord knows how. He's done it many, many times before. He brought old Pharaoh down when he was determined that he would not let those people go. But the Lord kept working, and Pharaoh came to the place that he was glad to let those people go. He brought Sennacherib down in those days. He brought Haman down in those days, when in the days of Esther, when he had exalted himself up so high and thought that he was somebody that the king was about to honor, the Lord brought him down. He brought Nebuchadnezzar down. He made him go out and eat grass like an animal until the dew of heaven fell on him and covered him and his nails grew until they were like an animal's. He brought him down. He humbled him. He brought Belshazzar down. And he'll bring me down. And he'll bring you down if we get to the place that we can't humble ourselves before the Lord. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. Crooked places made straight, rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. Right. Now, John the Baptist had a short ministry. Yeah. He, did. he prepared the hearts of the people for them to receive the Lord. Yeah. He represented the forgiveness of sins, right. and that prepares you for the coming of the Lord. But there wasn't long until he was cast in prison. Right. There wasn't long after that until he was beheaded. Right. But the man that he introduced came on the scene, and he began to do what, what John prophesied of. Yeah. He began to bring those high things down. Yeah. He began to prophesy against those Pharisees. Yeah. Hypocrites, he called them. Yeah. You make quite the outside of the platter, and, and, and the inside is, is dirty. You garnish the, the sepulchres of the fathers and make them white unto men, and, and But within, they're full of dead men's bones. That's what Jesus told them. He was bringing their high places down. And at the same time, he went out into the highways and the hedges and the byways. And he talked to those people. He went to a well where there was a woman of Samaria there. The Samaritans were some of those despised people. They were just as much Abraham's seed as, the, as any of the Jews were. Just as much. But they were despised and they were cast aside. Jesus went down there. In these days, you know, it's hard for us sometimes to understand really how things were. I'm not sure I do. We know how things are today. Chances are a couple of hundred years from now, people won't understand how things were in 1981. It's unlikely that they will. Uh, We're so familiar with the words of Jesus, we've heard it and read it all of our life, but we're not very familiar with the way things were in the days that he came on the scene. And the things that he said and the gospel that he taught, you might say was revolutionary. 
But no, really, it was not revolutionary. He was just taking them back to what it was supposed to be like from the very beginning. That's right. They had missed the way. They had lost the track. They, they was doing things that they thought was service to God. And it was not service to God. Jesus was just bringing them back to where they should have been to start with. But if you want to say it is astounding, his gospel, I'll agree with that. It really is astounding. In one, one occasion, the scripture says they were astonished at his doctrine. Because he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Jesus came along and talked to a woman. That wasn't too proper in those days. They weren't thought too much of in those days. We've come really a long, long ways. But Jesus stopped by a well of Samaria and talked to a woman that was drawing there and told her of things that she could not understand. He told, he told all the people of a, his teaching and his preaching was on a higher scope, on a higher plane. And it's big today. Yeah. It's bigger than this little congregation. Yeah. It reaches further than this day yeah. or this church or this building. This is a gospel for all ages, yeah. for all times, for any man, anywhere, under any conditions. When he brings himself in humility to God, he can get through to the God of heaven. That's how large this is. That's the scope of it. That's how far it reaches. And when he began to tell her about the water, that she would draw and she would thirst again. But if she would drink of the water that he would give her, she would never thirst again. He was talking of the spirit and she didn't understand that neither did Nicodemus understand when Jesus came along and began to talk about the new birth he did not understand that but Jesus talked with him and he spoke with him he told so many things that were so different from what they had been used to they had grown up, ye have been heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And we take that a little bit wrong, I think, sometimes. This was, this was ordained of God, too. Yeah. Want to go back and read that? That came out of the Scriptures. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In those days, that was a, that was a measure of justice. That was a measure of justice in those days. And that's what they had come to believe. But they had done that like they had done so many other things. They had lost the meaning of it. They had lost the true meaning of what the Lord really mean. Ye have heard that it hath been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh of thee, and from him that would, rebought with, that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. That's astounding. That's astounding. 
We hear the words of Jesus and we read the scriptures and we have heard them over and over. And I wonder sometime if we gloss them over and really get the meaning of, of what this is. This is a high mark to achieve. I'm not sure I've made that yet. Really, the Lord did preach an astounding gospel. He told them things that disrupted their entire social order. He put the whole thing in an uproar. When he went in the temple and found those men there that had made a place of merchandise out of the sanctuary of God, he went in and turned their tables over and drove them out. They were not the only ones that had their tables turned over. The whole society of that day did. He turned it all around. He made everything new. And he brought down the high and he lifted up the low. He handled some of their toughest problems. When he encountered a man that was possessed with devils, that no doubt they had done everything they knew of to bind him and put him in a place where he would not be a menace to them, Jesus tackled that problem. And he got right down to the root of the trouble. It wasn't a stronger chain. It wasn't a stronger bar or jailhouse with thick walls. But he got down inside to what was wrong with the man. Right. Yeah. And he attacked the problem where it should be attacked at the very root. And those folks came back and saw that man clothed and in his right mind and sitting at the feet of Jesus. And what a beautiful thing. God can do that today. Those of you that have, that have wandered away from the Lord, those of you that have never yielded yourself to the Lord, those of you that have built yourself up too high, a little too high like the mountains, let the Lord bring you down. It'll be the best thing for you. It will be the best thing for you. You have heard that it hath been said unto thee, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. That's the gospel that Jesus taught. Yeah. It has stood the test of time. Right. I think sometimes this stuff relates relates to us, and if we're not a little bit careful, we'd like to put it off on somebody else. But Lord help me. Lord help us all that we'll take yeah, the word of Lord God. Man. To ourselves. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is also the astounding gospel of the Lord. This is what Jesus taught. And if when, when I get a glimpse of its true meaning, it humbles me. It don't make me feel like I have reached every height and gained every goal there is to attain on the way to heaven. It's, it's far from that. 
But the Apostle Paul says, I follow after, that, if, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of our Lord. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You, you cannot serve God and mammon. People are still trying to do that today, but you cannot do it. <clears throat> Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? This scripture written to us, written to us, you might say, well, I'm sure you take a lot of thought for tomorrow. And I, I don't know that I would disagree with you. I'm probably not too much unlike any of the rest of you. But I'm not here to justify myself or to condemn another. I'm here to tell you what the Lord preached. Yes, that's right. This is what the Lord said. This is what Jesus commanded. And I think about people. There's no, I've never thought. I've never thought that I measured up to those old people that sacrificed their lives to preach the gospel. I've never thought that. When I think about them, it stirs a chord in my heart. It stirs up. A feeling of, um, of, of gratitude to those people. Walk through that cemetery. Remember little things about them. I told someone last night, there's hardly anybody in this church that can't go back one generation or possibly two and find stark poverty. You know that? Hardly a person in here. I don't know any. I don't know any that can't go back one or two generations and find stark poverty. But, but what God has done for us, He did us like He did those lepers when He talked with them. He did us like He did the lady at the well. He told us what to do that we might have eternal life. He did us like He did the child when He took him. And children weren't thought very much of in that day. They weren't pampered in that day like they are today. And Jesus took a child and set him in the midst of them and said, He's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That was astounding to those people. But that's the gospel that our Lord preached. And it still stands. Hundreds and thousands of years later, we're still reading those same words that He taught. And I'm still asking God to give me the meaning of that. I want to know what it really means. I think it's astounding. And yet I say unto thee that Solomon all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, <coughs> O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. And I thank God that the Lord knows that we have need of these things. Jesus taught so many things. It'd be hard. We used to sing a song when I was a teenager about everywhere he went, he was doing good. Jesus opened blind eyes. He heard their faint cries. He raised the dead. He calmed the sea. He cleansed the leper. He, everything he did, 
He did for their good. And I want to say even when he chastened their lawyers and their priests and their Levites and he told them what they did, he was still doing good. Because if they had have listened and humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God, the Lord would have worked with them. I'm not going to take up any more time. I feel thankful for the Lord. I've, I've had one thing that's been going over with me for, for several months. And I, I, don't know, I don't know who... Brother Callie Gray. Someone told me that just before he passed away, he held up the Bible and he said, This is my story. And he held up the songbook, and he said, this is my song. And that stuck with me. This is it. This is my story, and this is my song. Not looking for anything else. I found the pearl of great price, and I bought the whole field. I ask you to pray for me.